I've got some little props here today. So we'll see if I remember to use my little props. Um, So good to be with you this morning. And um, we are concluding a series, um, a sermon series this morning. And that series has been growing up into maturity or um, fullness in Christ. And we talked about how when we come into the kingdom of God, we come in as little infants. Um, And we're expected to grow up, grow up into the likeness of Christ. And there's um, definitely the Holy Spirit is at work in us, but there's a divine human cooperation, right? There's this element that we have to cooperate with as we um, seek to grow up. And so um, we've looked at strengthening ourselves in the Lord, um, developing a renewed mind in the word, We talked about developing our prayer lives and how that as we're in God's presence, that he transforms us. And um, we just enjoy this sweet fellowship and we learn to, um, it's just like any other relationship. You're developing a relationship with the Lord through prayer. We talked about developing our lives of worship, um, growing in purity of heart, growing in surrender to the Holy Spirit's leadership, and then... um, We talked about growing in our focus on the Lord. We talked about growing in satisfaction. And today we're going to talk about growing in rest. All right, so the topic today is rest. And um, Mark prayed, but I want to just add my prayer in before we um, dive in this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that, as Mark said, it's alive and active. And I pray that as your word is read and as this message is preached and taught, Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, that you'd open our understanding of our minds, that you would give us a desire to grow up and to receive your rest more and more. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 62, a couple of verses there, and then Matthew 11. So first I want to read this from Psalm 62, and it's talking about spiritual rest. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Yes, my soul finds rest in God, verse 5 says. My hope comes from him. And then turning to Matthew 11, 28 and 29, which really focuses on receiving his rest physically and also emotionally for our souls. So Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest your souls. So recently I was out. You remember those days that were really, really hot recently? Well, for whatever reason, I was out at two o'clock in the afternoon taking a walk. And it was really hot. And as I walked through my neighborhood and, you know, one street after the other, there was this one yard that had two Adirondack chairs sitting in the shade. They're just sitting there empty. And I just had this thought, like, I want to go sit down. I want to rest. I want to cool off. And anyway, and they look so welcoming. And I just thought, well, 
Why not? Can I? Should I? And anyway, and, and then I thought, but what if anybody sees me? And, well, should I really be taking a rest right now? And if I did sit down, would I rest? Or would I pull out my phone and start scrolling through social media or checking the news reports or checking my email? Or would I just sit and enjoy the moment with the Lord? And I'm sad to say I kept walking. But you know, the invitations are there to come and rest. And so we're going to look at three kinds of rest today that we can grow in or receive, really, is what we're talking about, receiving God's rest. And so the first is spiritual rest, rest for the inner being of who you are as your spirit. Um, And so Psalm 62, I just read, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. My hope comes from him. Last week, we looked at Jesus and how he satisfied God's wrath when he took on our sin and he laid down his life in our place. Do you remember that when we talked about substitutionary atonement? and about how Jesus satisfied the punishment that we all owed to God and others because of the ways that we had fallen short of God's glory. And so when we're walking around with this burden and um, we haven't placed our faith in Jesus and him take our substitute, he substituted himself, but we have to say, yes, I believe that, and I receive that forgiveness. If we haven't done that, we're walking around with the heaviest of heavy burdens of sin for everything that we owe that we have, we have no way ourselves to pay for. Sometimes we're looking at other ways to try to relieve our guilt. Sometimes we're looking at things to try to numb ourselves from the pain of the guilt we feel. But nothing will relieve it other than receiving this gift of spiritual rest when we place our trust in him. Augustine, from one of the early church fathers, said, You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And so if you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and said, I believe what he did on that cross was to take my place and pay for my sin, And I want to place my trust in him today and be relieved of this terrible burden that I've been carrying around all my life. Today can be the day of salvation, and I want to talk to you at the end of the service. All right? I'm going to give you a chance to say yes, because truly our souls find rest in God alone. Second type of rest I want to talk about is physical rest. Rest for your physical body. God built in two things in creation that were very good, work and rest. And he put it right into the structure and rhythm of his creation. In Genesis, we see that he created 24 hours, right? And it started with evening, and then there was morning the first day. Evening and then morning. So that rest comes first, and then the awake hours. All right, so this 24-hour period is um, built right in, 
And then also, as I was reading this week, I thought this was really an interesting insight, is that God created creation, and on the sixth day, he created humanity. And then on the seventh day was rest. And we're always thinking about it like God rested from his work. But actually, think about what did he invite humanity to do on that seventh day. So they're created, and you would think, okay, get right to work, exercising dominion, naming the animals. And they got to enter into Sabbath with the Lord. And so he's, we are invited into that rhythm of a weekly rest, of taking Sabbath. And we preached a sermon a couple, maybe a year or so ago about this. So I don't want to belabor it, but I want to say this is God's invitation to us to rest, to do things that cause us to flourish and delight in him. It's not legalistic or meant to be restrictive. It's meant to be liberating and enjoyable, to spend a day with the Lord. And so as we talk about physical rest, I want to look at Matthew 11:28 and unpack that just a little bit more with you. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus addresses those that are weary and burdened. Weary means worn out, worn down, worked to a frazzle, um, completely wiped out. And so um, some translations use weary, some say labor, but it's this nonstop, continuous work. You're trying to do your work with excellence, but you are really worn out and worn down. And Jesus identified our common condition of weariness without saying how we got that way so that we can all receive this invitation. You may be weary from um, your day job. You may be weary from whatever happens after work. You may be weary from conversations that you have with friends or coworkers, or maybe it's relationship or whatever. But you're weary because you're doing something heavy and it's, it's really actually exerting you in some way physically as well. Also, heavy laden, think again about a heavy load on your back, carrying a heavy backpack like your job, like your family, like a financial situation or something that's just a personal burden of some sort. And Jesus gives this warm invitation and he says, come to me. And he says it cheerfully. And I envision him just smiling. It's a warm welcome. Like if you saw somebody and you were just like, Craig, Craig, come, come, come here. You know, Victoria, come on, let's go. You know, let's spend some time together. Like this is the Lord's warm, sweet invitation to us to come. And he'll give us rest, which means to refresh, to rejuvenate, reinvigorate, revitalize. He wants us to be able to keep doing what he's called us to do, and so he wants to give rest and refill. Now, some of us resist stopping. Like when I saw the two beautiful chairs in the shade on that hot, hot day, and I didn't stop. Some of us hear the Lord and hear this, even this scripture, and you think, oh, that's good for other people. But for some reason, we have a hard time stepping off the treadmill and slowing down and stopping. And in um, the book Living Slower that I referenced last week, there are a few questions that were asked, and I want to pose those questions. If, and this doesn't apply to everybody. Some people have no trouble stopping and sitting down. Some people maybe need to get up. Um, but for those of you that have trouble slowing down, number one, why do we believe 
Every moment in our life must be productive. Number two, why does the thought of slowing down scare us? Number three, do we feel the need to justify our existence by being constantly busy? And number four, why do we think we aren't allowed to rest? Are we worried about being viewed as lazy? And this quote from the great British um, preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he said this, Rest time is not waste time. It's economy to gather fresh strength. It's wisdom to take an occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. So sometimes like the psalmist did in Psalm 65 where he said, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. Sometimes we need to talk to our bodies and say, Yes, my body, go find rest in the Lord. All right, the third type of rest that I want to talk about, and this is really a preaching teaching message. You're getting the hang of that by now. Um, But I want to talk about emotional rest or rest for your soul. And actually, this is where I felt like the most emphasis needed to be today for us as a congregation um, is rest for our soul. And so our soul is that part of us. Um, Spirit is the innermost being where the Holy Spirit is joined to our spirit if you're a believer. And then our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. And then our outer man is our body. All right? So he's talking to us about our souls. And our souls also are invited to find rest in the Lord. And so really this is um, trusting God. To give rest, an emotional rest can be defined in this way, a state of peace and tranquility. It's a state where one's confidence and trust is placed in God. And when we place our trust in God, it results in peace of mind and heart peace or soul peace. Emotional rest can be marked by a sense of calm and patient expectation. So emotional rest, soul rest. Matthew eleven twenty nine. going back to that for a minute. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus called his disciples to take an intermission, to be still and quiet in the presence of God, and to find rest for their souls. Now, who Jesus is speaking to in this context are Jews who are under Roman authority. And so there's political pressures that would create a lot of angst in our mind, will, and emotions, in their mind, will, and emotions. Can you imagine this? Yeah? All right. And then he's also talking to them in the context of where these Pharisees have put on over-the-top expectations about what holiness looks like. And so they're under a lot of pressure always. Their mind, their will, their emotions are feeling this tension. And Jesus is talking to them. And Jesus is talking to us. How many of us have some angst about something that's going on in the political realm? How many of us have something with our mind, our will, our emotions, our thoughts, or emotions get riled up? because something that's going on in the broader church that is not part of the kingdom of God. 
There's lots of things that can stir us up emotionally. Financial difficulties, maybe you um, hear um, statements about whether we might have food shortages come fall, housing concerns, troublesome work environments, painful family situations. I just made a list of things, thinking about ourselves and what they might be. Concerns about your own health or maybe somebody else's health that you love. Maybe you're really stirred up about the violence that's happening in our city and the world. Do you know that just sometimes the images we encounter, particularly if you're a very tender-hearted, sensitive person, sometimes just the images that we see in the news, just emotionally there's just this angst, there's this oh, harsh words from others. Feeling conflicted in your faith when your faith keeps running up against anti-Christ values in our culture. And maybe we're losing friendships or facing a lot of stress or strain. Public policies, misunderstandings, miscommunications. How many of you know that when you have a miscommunication, it can cause stress, angst, right? Little disappointments, big disappointments, unmet expectations, the list is I just infinite, really, of what all living in this broken world could cause us to feel, lose our peace and have this, um, just this sense of being worn down and weary emotionally. Now, Jesus lived in all the same circumstances that the people he was talking to. And yet he managed to function in a place of deep trust in the Father, and he served from a place of what I would say is having an uncluttered soul. So when you have a lot of things that are stirring your mind, your heart, you're getting upset about stuff, and you don't have time to deal with it, sometimes um, we stuff those things. So I just kind of picture it like my um, whatever just happened, I just go down and over. Like somewhere it goes in my body or in my mind, but um, that I just can't, I don't have time to deal with it. When I was a nurse working in the hospital, I could not, I'm just looking at you, Max, but there was no time to deal with what I felt at the moment because there's the next thing and the next thing to do. And so um, to cope sometimes, we just push things down and over or we um, lash out or do things that we wished, we say we didn't wish we, yeah, you just, sometimes we react poorly. Can I just say it that way? All right. But the effects of a cluttered soul or where things, there's just all these layers of feelings and thoughts that we haven't processed. Um, the medical impact, the American Institute of Stress estimated that 75 to 90 percent of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems. And then the spiritual impact, Rick Renner mentions in his commentary, Sparkling Gems 2, he says, I'm convinced that one reason the devil has access to people's emotions is that they keep flying through life without taking time to get renewed in the presence of the Lord. They ignore their need to sit, to rest, and wait upon the Lord. As a result, their perception of things around them gets blurred. Doing too much, too fast of a pace has worn them down, causing them to lose their focus and affecting their ability to see things the way they really are. Our souls can be cluttered, and it's serious. It, it can affect our bodies. It can affect our health. It can give an open door for the enemy to even cause um, oppression. And so having a cluttered soul 
is a serious problem. Well, friends, um, I'm here. This message is for me, just like it's for you. And I'm one that has dealt with this pushing down and not dealing with feelings or not processing them. And so I've got some props here. The first thing I tried years ago was this worry stone. And this was a fish-shaped one, so I thought it maybe was a little bit more Christian. Um, but, but, you know, the idea is you just sit in it. Every time you get stressed, you just rub the stone. Well, I like rocks, and it just sits, but it really did not help me one bit. All right. So then um, this little toy came from a carnival or something years ago. It's over 20 years old. It sat on top of our refrigerator, and I'm going to see if I can get it to... Relax now, calm down, don't stress, take it easy. Um, Okay, so for somebody that has dealt with a lot of stress, um, I kept this on the refrigerator, and whenever I would get stressed, sometimes I would take it down for a humorous moment and just try to remind myself, um, like, okay, calm down. Dane might have taken it down once or twice for my daughter and I to (laughs) try to relax. But... Okay, friends, I'm telling you some things that didn't work and didn't really help us much because I want to tell you that the Lord is a much better way to go. Um, And so this happened um, in, oh, probably January of this year. Um, I went to see my spiritual director. And it had been a very busy season, and I had not been dealing with my emotions very well, and so they were just kind of getting tossed to the side, tossed to the side, somewhere lost over there, somewhere. Um, And so this is why sometimes spiritual directors or counselors can also be helpful or a friend or a mentor. But um, anyway, I go and I start talking, and I talk for about half an hour, randomly rambling. There's no clarity whatsoever. And she pulls this little jar off the shelf And she hands it to me, and she said, shake it up. And so I shook it up, and suddenly I couldn't see through it anymore. And she said, this is what your soul is like right now, Gina. And if you'll just sit and be still in the presence of the Lord and ask him to help you process, slow but sure, Just like this jar is starting to clear up a little bit at the top, it takes, I don't know, I tried to time it, and then I, like, um, got distracted and forgot how long it took. But um, anyway, this this starts to clear. Well, it was just a visual for me. And so now I I still have this little humorous thing, and I have the stone just because it's pretty. But this jar helps me remember that I need to sit in the presence of the Lord and start to process my feelings with the Lord because he invites us into soul rest, emotional rest. And so I've learned a few things over the course of my life, and I'm still learning. But today I wanted to share some of my learning with you because I thought maybe you, like me, sometimes deal with a cluttered soul. And so the first thing I want to say is going to Jesus is a really good choice. When he says, take my yoke and learn from me, and you'll find rest for your souls. He says, take my yoke. So this is a conscious choice. 
we can align ourselves and come into like partnership with Jesus or we can try to live apart from him and then ask him like you know tell him all the things that's wrong and ask him like what's going on but you haven't been spending your time with him all right so take your yoke and that yoke is is like um we don't have that because we have tractors and stuff now but there's animals and they put this wooden piece with their two necks around it and it keeps the animals working in conjunction together well i was walking thinking about walking in a yoke with jesus and i thought you know if i was walking First of all, if he stopped, it would strain on me if I kept going or if I stopped and he was moving. So there, there would be no strain if I just walk when he's walking, stop when he's stopping. I also thought about if I wanted to go one direction and he wants to go the other, well, then that creates a stress or a strain. But if I'm going in the same direction, there's no strain on that yoke. And also the pace. Like if he's going slower and I'm trying to go faster, It's not. there's going to be a strain. But if I can learn to do the same cadence and pace as the Lord, there's no strain. And it says his yoke is easy, which that word means pleasurable, delightful, and comfortable. And so he, when you're walking in yoke with him, it's going to be comfortable. It's going to be pleasant. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And so the good news is he doesn't turn any of us away. He says, all of us, all y'all, come. And he promises this gift of rest. It's not a, maybe I'll give it to you if you come. He says, I will give you. I will. When Jesus says he will, he will. And so our role is to come and to get partnered up with him. So now a few more practical suggestions, um, and I just want to lift this up to show you that. See how that's starting to clear up? That's what's going to happen to us when we spend time with the Lord. And you got a handout because I realized this is more of a teaching, and um, I would lose some of you with trying to frantically take some notes, and I just want you to relax. <laughs> this, is, this is a message about rest. So just relax and know that there's something here to refer to. You can take home, and if it's helpful, great. But um, spiritual disciplines are like a trellis for a plant. All right, A trellis for a plant puts it in the direction so it goes towards the sun and gets adequate sunlight. Well, in the same way, the spiritual disciplines are just something that it gives us structure to help us move towards the Lord. All right? And so these things in and of themselves, the goal or the the value is they're just tools or practices or rhythms that you can build into your life. So silence is one of them. And sometimes we just, there is so much noise coming at us all the time. You know, some of you may live with somebody that turns on the radio or the news or the TV or something like that. And, you know, you start your day with noise before you ever have anything else going on. Or there's just so many voices coming at you all the time. And so silence. Um, You might set your timer for 10 or 20 minutes and just say, I'm going to spend time with the Lord just being still in his presence. Now, if you're using a smartphone to do this, I advise, based on my own experience, that you set the timer and then you put it far away from you where you would have to get up to go get it. Because I have found, when I don't do that, that, who knows, 10 minutes in, I might forget what I'm doing and grab my phone and start scrolling through Facebook or something. Like, it's ridiculous. 
how quickly we can get, at least some of us, can get distracted. So if you're going to sit in silence, put your phone somewhere else. Just set the timer, maybe, if you need a timer. Maybe you don't need a timer. All right. Some of you might want to sit. Some of you might want to just take a quiet, silent walk with the Lord. But the idea is to just get away from all that's coming and bombarding you. Next is meditation, which is really focusing on the Lord. And sometimes the helpful thing to do in that is finding a word or a short phrase of scripture that you can just draw yourself back and um, remind yourself of what you're doing that you're meditating on the Lord, you're spending time. And what this is, we're really coming under his yoke and trying to learn from him. And so for those of you that maybe have ever faced betrayal, for example, sometimes I just find it really helpful to focus on the word trust. And I might meditate on the word trust. And I might ask the Lord to teach me about trust. And then I sit with him. I focus on him. Maybe I ask him questions. But I'm really trying to understand what it means to trust and how did Jesus trust the Father when he walked out this life. And so one thing I did as I was on this journey of trying to grow in trust with the Lord was I went through my Psalms and every time I saw the word trust, I color-coded it orange with colored pencil. And every time I saw love, I color-coded it red that's pretty stereotypical, right? Like red, Valentine's heart. But um, what it did is it helped me see the relationship between trust and love. And then that helped to inform trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so I might just take that scripture and take the word trust and meditate and spend time focusing on him who is trustworthy. And then thinking about my life circumstances and like, God, I trust you in this. I trust you in that. All right. Another practice is the prayer of examine. We've shared this before, but it's really just going through your whole day with the Lord, conversation by conversation, experience by experience, and processing your day in prayer with the Lord. Some of you might like to do this in the evening, at the end of the day. I find it's, I'm just beat by the end of the day, and so I do this early in the morning. I'll just think through the day before. And it really helps because by the time I've thought through and talked through everything with the Lord about what happened, I find that I've got lots to praise him for. I've got things to thank him for. I've got things to say I'm sorry about and confess my sins. I also have things to ask him about and to petition. And so that prayer of examine is something that I found to be very approachable. So um If you're not very analytical or introspective, um, you know, some of us, we just live in that place of contemplation all the time. And others, it's like, I don't slow down and I don't really think like that. But I found that this prayer of examine can be helpful in that way. And then finally, this is um, a practice taking everything to Jesus. Um, And it's an exercise that was taught to me by one of my colleagues and um, former pastor Dave Heisinger. And so it goes really well with the prayer of examine. And um, you can see that on the back of the sheet. But really it's drawing a cross, and that's just a, an image that helps us think about what Jesus did for us. And then he suggests take a sheet of paper, draw that cross. On the left, just list the things that you're concerned about. 
and then take them one by one and go to the center of the page with that thing. And so I've just got an example here at the bottom. So say I'm feeling lonely. And I say to the Lord, Lord, I'm feeling lonely today. I'm feeling really isolated. I don't feel like I've got anybody to talk to about some things. And, um, and so then we take it to the center of the page. We take it to the cross, which represents taking it to Jesus and talk to him about it and see what he might say. Maybe he reminds you, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so then when we're finished praying about that thing, if there's something he's spoken to you about, reminded you a truth of, or if he's given some grace or done something for you in that space, then you write that over to the right. Same thing if I spoke roughly to somebody. Do you ever snap and say something you wish you could take back? All right. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I bet it's all of us. All right. So, um, so I just would list. I spoke roughly this morning. And then I take that to the Lord. Think about taking it to the center of the page, taking it to the cross. Take it to Jesus who already knows. He watched it all come down. He knows what happened. And his grace is sufficient. And he paid for it on the cross. And you just say, I'm sorry I did this. It, I, I was wrong. I blew it. You receive his forgiveness. And he also reminds you, you need to apologize. And so then over on the right-hand side of the page, you might write, I'm forgiven. I need to apologize to so-and-so. So it's just a way, again, to help process your your day with the Lord, process your feelings with the Lord, And the result of spending time with Jesus, of coming under his yoke, of being with him, is that you end up feeling seen, heard, known by the lover of your soul. He loves you so much. He gave his life for you. And so he wants to give you rest. He wants to give you peace of mind. He wants to give you peace of emotions, peace in your thoughts so that they're not just whirling around in your head he wants to give you peace and it's not something that we try to strive for or earn or dig up on our own but actually it's coming into his presence and receiving his peace it's founded and rooted in the love of a good father our situation and our circumstances may not change but the lord will give us peace and comfort and help to walk and function in emotional rest. There's rest available for each of us. Jesus' words again said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so today, if you need spiritual rest, if you're here and saying, I'm carrying the burden of my sins, I've never asked Jesus to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness, while we sing today, I'm just going to invite you to come up and join me or Pastor Jalisa and just talk to us about that. We'd love to pray with you. All right? If you need physical rest, I'm going to invite you to... Name that to the Lord, even as you're worshiping, just say, Lord, I I realize this message is for me. You're calling me to slow down or take it easy or take a day off or whatever that rhythm might be. You know, quit working 18 hours a day or whatever. 
Um, And then if you need emotional rest, if you need healing, if you need a way to process your feelings, the Lord's just saying, come to me. And so, again, I give you some tools, but I invite you to come to him and let him give you rest because it says in first peter 2:25, for you were like sheep going astray but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls and so our good shepherd invites you and invites me today to come and receive his rest let's pray lord i thank you that in you we find our rest I thank you that you invite us, that you love us, that you welcome us, you beckon us to come and sit with you, to come and um, just like those beautiful Arondite chairs were in the shade. Lord, thank you that that space with you is always available wherever we are because you're with us. And so, Lord, I pray that our hearts would quickly turn to you, come under your yoke, and that we would walk together with you. In Jesus' name, amen.